one sat alone beside the highway begging his eyes were blind the light he could not see he clutched his old rags and shivered in the shadows then jesus came and bade his darkness flee it's time to open the word once again with evangelist lester roloff on the family altar program for all is changed when jesus comes to stay in colossians chapter 2 may i introduce my message by saying i expect the world to deceive me if they could but the thing that has troubled me through the years is to be deceived by so-called godly people or Christian people. And the Bible has a lot to say, more than I thought uh, I found out when I read again the references in the Bible this morning to the time of deceiving. Found in Colossians 2 and verse 8, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Philosophy, vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you're complete in him. Ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Now you can figure out where you all are or not. Nobody's complete outside of Christ. That's reading our nation's incomplete. She's outside of Christ. Amen. It's reading the homes are incomplete. They're outside of Christ. It's reading our young people are incomplete. They're outside of Christ. You're complete in Him. You have to become a member of the spiritual in crowd. And that's in Christ in order to be complete. Turn to the book of Romans chapter 1. I appreciate... Uh, I guess one of the many songs that Bill has written, and we'll be hearing, I'm sure, a lot of his songs that he's written, by grace alone, through faith alone, to God alone, be the glory. i tell you, that, that's got some bones in it. That's just not all fat, I'll tell you that. That's, that's got the bones in it. That, that'll stand. I mean, that'll stand the test. Yes, sir. All right. In Romans chapter 1, this is a horrible picture, and this raises this awful sin of uh, deceit. Romans chapter 1, verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperer. I tell you, that's a bad bunch, isn't it? I'd hate to be caught in that company. You notice, deceit is living between debate and cancer. Malignancy. You ever heard of anybody having a malignant growth? Malignity. Whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to 
parents without understanding, covenant breakers without natural affection, implicable, unmerciful. Romans 3.13. Their throat is an open sepulcher. <laughs> I had a thought then. A lot of stuff going down their throats, it's dead. You eat dead, you live dead. You think dead, you live dead. You believe dead, you'll be dead. Open sepulchers, people's throats are. And we've got a lot of people that'll just take any kind of gossip and swallow it right down. Rather listen to a lie than the truth. Throats are open sepulchers. You know what a sepulcher is, don't you? That's where you put dead things. Said the sepulcher. Sepulchers are cemeteries, a grave. And so he said their throats are open graves where people come along and put dead things. With their tongues, they've used deceit. You know why? Because their throat was an open sepulcher. And when you get enough dead stuff in your heart, your tongue's going to talk about it. Fact is, out of the heart come the issues of life. And you cannot but talk about what you've got in your heart. And if your heart's wrong, your tongue will be wrong. I'd rather have false teeth than a false tongue. <laughs> now, I'm not looking forward to false teeth. Out of the heart. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness, and their feet are swift to shed blood, and there's destruction and misery in their ways. The way of peace have they not known. No fear of God before their eyes still sounds like us. Now, we know that what things serve the law saith is said to them that are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. God's going to call for an extended silence one of these days. He's going to get it, too. I think about the 73rd Psalm. He said, uh, the wicked set their mouth and their tongue walking through the earth. You remember when, and I think we'll come to this maybe tonight, you remember when the first murder was committed you know who did the talking? It was Cain. You know who talks more than anybody and says less? The devil's crowd. Right. Somebody said silence is golden. Looks like we're off the gold standard, doesn't it? Most of us get ourselves in trouble by this little unruly member called the tongue. And we excuse ourselves by misquoting the scripture when it said the tongue can no man tame. Might as well turn it loose. Would there be any way to estimate the tears that'll be shed today because of ungodly tongues? Wives will weep today after a godless husband went to work cursing his wife, criticizing his children, unkindness. 
All right, turn with me, please, to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Beginning in verse 1, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants, for Jesus' sake, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earth and vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Now as we continue the message, turn to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. It'll be verse 22, 1322. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. Most people love riches, but you need to be very careful because they're very deceitful. The Bible said money can, it has wings and it can fly away. Or likewise, money could take the wings and fly an errand of mercy. It's according to your attitude and your surrender and your dedication as to whether God's going to use your money. Turn to Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 13. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 13. I have three, three thirteens in the message today. But exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. You know, nobody'd be, nobody'd ever get in sin or live in sin or have anything to do with sin if they knew what sin really was. It's deceitful. It'll promise you everything and give you nothing but death. The wages of sin is death. Why would anybody live in sin? Have you ever thought about how the devil gets people to serve him? In the first place, people are born spiritually blind. All of the devil's children are blind, every one of them. He's got a lot of them. Fact is, he has more children than God has. And the Bible's very plain about that. The Bible said... Uh, uh, the devil's road is a broad one, and many there be that go in thereat. But he said that straight gate and that narrow way, he said, few there be that find it. Few there be that find it. I tell you, Brother Bill is talking about that great song, and I love that song all the way, all the way. My Savior led me. I know that whatever befalls me, he doeth all things well. You can't say that about the devil. You can sing about him if you belong to him. I know that whatever befalls me, I'll wind up in hell, but not well. The devil's heading home with every kid he's got, and nobody's enjoying the trip. 
I'm heading home. It's a different home. I'm enjoying every day and step of the journey. Amen. Gets better all the time. As I uh, get closer to home, I can begin to hear the bells are ringing and the angels are singing and God's people are shouting. I mean, by faith, we're on our way home today. And Brother Bill sings a little song, Only Glory, by and by. Yes, sir. Well, let's read another verse. I'm coming to the text in a little bit. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 14. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 14. And Adam was not deceived. Adam was not deceived. But the woman, being deceived, was in the transgression. Now, that verse may puzzle us a little bit. Adam was not deceived, but the woman, being deceived, was in the transgression. Reckon why Eve talked to the devil. She didn't know him personally, did she? Adam and Eve were innocent, and they had never really sinned. But nevertheless, Adam yielded and became guilty. And the Bible said, as sin passed, as Adam sinned, and then death came, and then death passed upon all men. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, 2 Timothy 3 and verse 13, and this really is the text for the message. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 13. Now, if you were to read the entire chapter, you'll find him starting off talking about the last days shall be perilous. Folks will be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. There it is again, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, and so forth. And he'll come to the seventh verse and said, ever learning. Everybody's learning. Everybody got a bunch of books on their arm, going off to college. We got schools on every corner and about it, and we got schools all over the country. Ever learning. Ever learning. This is going to be the last days now ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's a futile trail, isn't it? And that's a fatal trail, too. They're going to be ever learning, ever learning, television teaching and uh, book reading and newspapers and radio newscasts and ever learning, just ever learning, ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. You know what the truth? Of course it is. It's Christ, just never able to get to the truth. All right? Now, verse 13. But evil men, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Deceiving and being deceived. Now then, I believe we better go over here to 2 John, keeping our text in mind. 2 John, 2 John, just one chapter. And it's verse 7. How can you tell a deceiver when you see him? For many deceivers, many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Now that'll identify him right there. I believe you can ask any man, calls himself a preacher, a Christian, do you believe in the virgin birth of the Son of God? Do you believe that Jesus was really virgin born? 
and transcended sin his birth, lived but without sin, died, the atoned. Do you believe that he was virgin born? If he says, no, I don't believe it, he's a deceiver. If he said, if he says it doesn't make any difference, he's still a deceiver. God said it made a difference. So we could pinpoint the deceiver, at least along this line. Now then, I think we better take James chapter 1. I like him because he wore his work clothes. He never, I don't think James ever put on a Sunday suit. <laughs> I don't believe he ever had a necktie on. That's right. He was a worker. He's always doing something. And uh, he said, I can prove my faith by the way I work. God saved me and put me to work. Had an old boy drunkard in Corpus Christi one time. He said, God uh, saved my soul and gave me a fishing pole. And that's about it. We're supposed to go fishing for souls. 122. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. He said, if you listen and do not apply what you've learned, he said, you're deceiving your own self. All right. Now then, let's go and see if we can find somebody that's going to demonstrate what we've been reading. It's found over in the book of Genesis. In the book of Genesis. The more I read the book of Genesis, the better I like it. This is the book of the beginnings. In the 27th verse chapter, I find a couple of brothers. And I'd say again, the severest disappointments of my life have not been in the unsaved people. Don't expect anything out of them. We sometimes get deceived by people that claim to be Christians. I believe that God's people need to be honest with each other. We need to be honest with the Lord. And to me, real honesty with the Lord is the basis of all honesty. When we're honest with him before the Lord. But I found a man here, and let's read about it a little bit. There was a fellow by the name of Jacob. He had a brother named Esau. The father's name was Isaac. And, uh, of course, he had married the beautiful Rebecca. One day, his brother... Uh, came in from the field. Esau was a hunter. And uh, Jacob uh, looked like like to fool around the kitchen of the house. And uh, they were different in their natures, and that's all right. But uh, one day he came in, and Esau was so hungry until uh, he said, uh, Jacob, I, I'd sure like to have something to eat. I know you've been cooking some soup or something here. And uh, he said, yeah, I have. But he said, it's not free. He said, what do you mean? Well, he said, after all, I mean, pay me. Pay me. And uh, he said, what do you want? He said, I'd like to have your birthright. And of course, Esau was so hungry. You know, a man gets real hungry, he do most anything. And he was real hungry. And he said, well, my birthright's not going to do me any good a little later because I'm about to die. I'm starving to death. And I'd rather live a little longer and forget my birthright. And Jacob took his birthright. And uh, that's the first time that Jacob, as far as I'm concerned, took advantage of his brother. But a little bit later on, and you know one of these days I want to speak or bring a message on people that got in trouble over their appetite. Now, I know that's going to throw a chill over the meat. I guarantee you. That's the thing God got Eve, wasn't it? When she saw it, and it looked good to eat. 
She said, I, I man, that wood tastes good. And, oh, the devil said, it's most delicious fruit in the garden. You've never eaten till you eat this. Not old appetite of Eve's. That's right. And then I got to thinking, I read last week where, and I want to speak maybe uh, tonight or tomorrow night on the subject of when God picked a fight with the devil. A lot of people got the idea Jesus scared of the devil, you know. A lot of people feel like Jesus is over in the corner, you know, just kind of holding up his hands and said, have mercy, Satan. Oh, no, that's not the Jesus I know. I mean, Jesus never did blink or wink or back off from any fight. I mean, when the, when the devil came, when the devil met him at the baptismal pool in the River Jordan, and Jesus walked out, water running off his clothes, and the devil said, I'd like to meet you in the wilderness. He said, state the place and the time I'll be present at own time. You see, we got a little weak need Jesus running through the country today. He can't save nor keep. And let me tell you something. I wouldn't put my trust in any Jesus that couldn't not only save me, but keep me. And you'll never enjoy your salvation until you know it belongs to God and he's taken care of. And you'll never enjoy your trip to heaven until you realize that God's going to take you all the way. This business of a salvation being a foot race between man and the devil, that won't work. Jacob and Esau, chapter 27. The dad's old now. Came to pass when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim, so that he could not see. He called Esau his eldest son and said unto him, My son, he said unto him, Behold, here am I. And he said, Behold now, I'm old. I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver, thy bow, and go out to the field and take me some venison and make me savory meat such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat and my soul may bless thee before I die. And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau his son. And Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. And Rebekah spake unto Jacob her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau thy brother, saying, Bring me venison and make me savory meat, that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee, Going out of the flock. This is the mother now talking to Jacob. And uh, going out of the flock, fetch me from thence two good kids of the goats, and I'll make them I'll make them savory meat for thy father, which such as he loveth. And thou shalt bring it to thy father that he may eat, and that he may bless thee before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Behold, Esau my brother is a hairy man, and I'm a smooth man. My father peradventure will feel me. And I shall seem to him as a deceiver, and I shall bring a curse upon me, and not a blessing in his mother. Look out now. And his mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse, my son. Only obey my voice, and go fetch me them. And that's exactly where the curse fell, right on her. You say, what do you mean? She never saw her favorite son's face again after he left home. Brother Bill sang back to Bethel. When he came back to Bethel, mother was not there. He never saw his mother's face again. She said, you let this curse be on me, son. You do what I tell you to do. And I believe I could pause long enough to say that the curse, I know the children are living cursed lives, but mothers and dads are not going to be freed from the curse. You're going to have to bear the curse, dear women and mothers. 
I mean, when you sit in a beauty parlor more than you pray in the prayer closet, and when you sit at the bridge table or walk the streets and visit and hear and talk and whirl it, and you're going to have the curse on you one of these days. I tell you, I imagine Rebecca cried herself to sleep a many a night, longing to see little old Jacob's face. That is her favorite son. Of course, that's another lesson we need to learn. We don't need any favorite sons or daughters in our home. We need to love every one of them just alike. You can't imagine the girls and boys I've had when they said, Brother Wolof, my family never did accept me. I mean, and, and I get letters from mothers all the time and said, my husband will have nothing to do with one of our children. He didn't want it in the first place, doesn't want it now. He'd like to send it anywhere he could send it, doesn't want it. I tell you, that's not a healthy thing for a little child. And yet, it seemed that uh, Isaac, Isaac uh, preferred Esau, at least he loved him, and, and, and Rebekah. Uh, Jacob and his mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse, my son. Just obey my voice and go fetch me there. And he went and fetched and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory meat such as his father loved. And Rebekah took goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them upon Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck. You know, I, I'd like to say something I had never thought about. Jacob actually is going to be the prince of Israel. He's going to be the man that wrestles in prayer. He's going to continue to be the father of a great nation. He's going to be the father. He's going to be the father of the head of these tribes. I mean, he's got some family coming up, but listen, he's putting on the wrong clothes now. And I can say right now that God's people have no business wearing the clothes of the flesh and the world. Now, Rebecca helped to deceive her husband by putting the wrong kind of clothes on her boy. Likewise, mothers are deceiving the world by putting the wrong kind of clothes on your girls. And I tell you what you're doing. You're making the world think that's all right. Thank you for joining us today on the Family Altar Program with Lester Roloff.